Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My next guest, she's the doctor of the feet. She is the person that I should have found when I was 16. She should, I should, she should have come into my life, Dr. Yolanda Ragland. She's one of the top bunion and hammer toe surgeons in the Northeast with over 20 years of medical experience. She maintains her office on Park Avenue in New York City and the Washington metro area in Bowie, Mallory. The focus of her practice is bunion and hammer toe correction. Her trade secret, Tierra Toe TM, which is a technique leads patients with sandal-ready feet. We know summer is coming. Ladies, you know, men too, with sandals, you know, getting out there scaring us with your feet, leaving no visible scarring after their surgical procedure. Dr. Ragland's goal is to help women be successful by supporting them with strong foundation. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, the incredible, much needed Dr. Yolanda Ragland. How you doing, doctor? Hello, good evening, Rashawn. <laughs> Thank you so much for that glorious introduction. How are you doing? Well, uh, you know, I would, uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, uh, I've made mistakes with my feet, Dr. Ragland. I know that's not the first time you've heard this. You you went into a business where, you know, like you said, you're, the foundation of what you do in life is how you stand, how you walk, how you present yourself when you walk into a room. And a lot of people are walking around with very painful feet. Am I correct? Um, absolutely. Not only they're they're walking around with painful, embarrassing looking feet, um, and uh, and so what I found uh, very early on in my studies was that, um, especially African American women, right. they wanted to correct these problems, but they didn't just want to get rid of the pain; they wanted the feet to be beautiful too. Right. So that was my aha moment. Mm-hmm. And I just decided that, you know, this is what I was going to do. I'm, I'm going to focus on this core group of uh, 
of African-American women or women of color, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to hone my skills in correcting bunions, hammer toes, getting rid of those those unsightly corns, but I'm not going to just get rid of them. And I'm not going to just rid you of the pain. I'm also going to do it with an aesthetic result. This is a very serious subject that we're talking about. I brought her on to just talk about her career, but more importantly, to give her an outlet because a lot of people, like I said, uh, are walking in pain and they're walking in pain. I, my father, I always remember my father, uh, you know, I, you know, just being honest, was I just see him with these huge corns on his toes, and um, mm-hmm. and I, when I look back now, I, I can only imagine how much pain he was in because they were just, they were just, just outrageously big, and but he put his but, shoes on, his shoes on, and walk out, and I'm sure it was very uncomfortable. Correct? Yeah, but guess what, Rashawn? For men, you guys have an, you do have a little bit of an option. Oh, okay. I, I sold, I, I, I sold shoes for many years before right. I even thought about um, becoming a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so, and I sold men and women's shoes. So men can get wider widths even in your higher end shoes. That's true. Women, women, on the other hand. When you start getting into these wide widths, the shoes just become uglier and uglier. So (laughs) it almost becomes not an option for them. So um, even though, like you said, I'm sure, you know, your father did experience some discomfort Mm -hmm. with the corns that he had on his feet. He did have options where he could go and get these shoes in an E with or double E or triple E or even a quadruple E with where women just don't have that option. And if they do have the option, it's just something that they are not willing to to do. They don't want to go there. You absolutely are telling the truth. I wear a size 12 shoe and I got a, and it, it gave me an option to have a wide and I got a wide shoe. And I know, cause I know if I get it tight, that's what ruined my feet. When I was a teenager and going into college, I wore really tight, narrow shoes and they were pointy toed. And I mm-hmm. ignored the pain. I ignored my the shoe rubbing against rubbing up against the side of my foot. I ignored the fact that my my baby toe was collapsing, and and as it was collapsing underneath, because it was pointy toe, so it was rubbing up against them. But guess what? Everybody was complimenting me on my shoes. Everybody, those shoes are yeah. cold. Those shoes. Are yeah, cold. but did it. Yeah, but did you take it? Did you ever take your foot out of the slipper? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, doctor. I I, when I I took it out and put it right back in there because my ego was being fed by people telling me it looked good, not the pain and not the, not not the trouble. But I I really want to talk about it because your brand is Fix Your Feet, and it focuses on surgical corrections of painful and embarrassing, you know, deformities, even bunions and hammer toes. Can you tell us mm-hmm. how did you get in this business? Because, you know, we, we, we hear different professions. We hear nurses. We hear, you know, OBGYNs. We hear all different. But but to get into the business you're in, how did that happen and where did you go to school? Well, um, well, first of all, the school that I attended, undergrad, I went to University of Maryland. And then I did five years in between Maryland. And I did a little interim before I went to my podiatry medical school. Um, I did some research at the National Institutes of Health, NIH, in dermatology. So I'm versed in skin. 
Um, and then, and then that's when I decided that, yeah, you know, I'm going, I'm going to definitely move forward with medical school. And I wound up at the New York College of Podiatric Medicine. And then I did a rigorous, uh, surgical, uh, uh, program with a, uh, with a hospital that is a Wild Cornell, um, medical school affiliate. And then, but, but what really tempted you in that direction? Because you have options, you know, you're talented, you're educated, but what, you know, cause everybody has a choice to make. Like I said, I, I went to college and I wanted to be an engineer and then I drifted to, between different majors and I wound up falling with my natural love and skill was mathematics. And I minored out in sociology and I graduated and that was really the right direction for me to go, even though I thought engineering was the direction that I wanted to go. Did you go in college? Go into college thinking about this direction, or at what point if the light bulb went out and went went out and went above your head and said, "This is where you should be pointing." Well, I I, I knew I was going to become a doctor. Yes, ma'am. Um, yeah, I, I I there was a lot of things in in healthcare. I had experienced some. I had experienced. Now, what I look back on it was discrimination in the healthcare system. Wow. I didn't know how to explain it back then, but now I know how to articulate it. And that's exactly what was happening to me. So I wanted to become a doctor because I wanted to know what the doctors knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, in undergraduate, I started doing research mm-hmm. um, at the National Institutes of Health in dermatology. So I thought I was going to be a dermatologist. Right. And so, um, but I, I kept getting these applications from podiatry school, not knowing what it was. <laughs> and I was, and I would throw away the applications. And right. one of my friends stopped by the lab as I was about to toss another application in the garbage. And she stopped me and says, what are you doing? Why are you throwing that away? And I'm like, what? And, and, and she's like, that's medical school. And I was like, oh, what is it? And she then she explained to me, you know, it's medicine of the foot. And she kind of like broke it down for me. She says, you know, there's hair, skin, and nails on the foot. So if you want to subspecialize in dermatology on the foot, you can do that. And I thought that that notion was kind of cool because I like I like the idea of having like a niche practice. I like, you know, being you know, real specific and being like that, that top notch specialist. So I thought I was going to specialize in dermatology, uh, revolved around the foot. Then I get into, then I get into podiatric, uh, podiatric medical school and I realized there's this whole surgical aspect, Mm -hmm. which is basically is we're doing surgery of the bones. So it's basically orthopedic surgery. And I'm just like, holy guacamole, we got chips. I'm like, uh, my hands are very dexterous. I am very good at reproducing results. Mm-hmm. And I and when I found out that there was this whole big, huge surgical aspect, I was just like, this is what I want to do. Because when I was living in the dorms, some ladies would stop me all the time and say, hey, hey, and this is me as a student. I'm like a first year, second year student. And they're mm-hmm. like, hey, can you, can you get rid of this this corn right here? But I want it to be done cosmetically because they have seen the results of their friends or their mom or their auntie or their cousins. Right. And they didn't want that result. Mm-hmm. And I kept hearing this over and over again throughout 
throughout medical school. And then, you know, and then I started seeing what results looked like um, when I was in my residency program. And I would compare what I would see on Caucasian skin versus black skin. And I would, and I would see that those results did not translate over to the black skin that we scar differently. Wow. So I said, you know, you got to think outside the box, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this so we can get better results on people of color. And so with my dermatological background, I was like, okay, there are ways to suture the skin, um, you know, think more like a plastic surgeon working on one's face. I just said, there's got to be, you know, different ways to close and maybe there's different approaches. So the scars aren't visibly noticeable to the eyes. Maybe we can hide the scars. And because I was afforded the opportunity to be in such a great residency program and scrub in with literally hundreds and hundreds of different surgeons, I got to see people do things so many different ways. So I journaled the the techniques that I thought were the most optimal. Mm -hmm. And then I put those things together and then I put a little bit of my special sauce on it. Right. (laughs) And, and then that's how I came up with my petty plastic Tierra toe technique. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yes, that's, that's basically, um, that's basically how I, how I came up with, with the practice. And like I said, I started the practice to target the specific demographic Mm -hmm. with in my, keeping in mind that, The procedures are for everybody, but I felt like this specific demographic was being dismissed. They weren't being heard and they weren't receiving the services that they deserve. Right, right. Now, when you when you talk about trying to do something, I have to say this technique, was it a new technique? Was it a technique that you figured out? And then when you when you started applying it, that, that other fellow doctors in your industry questioned that technique or felt it was some type of fad or some type of, you know, hype thing that you had, you had, you had put in place. What was the reaction? So, you know, honestly, Rashawn, I, I don't really pay attention right. to what the, what the other people, what, what they're thinking. Absolutely. Because I know that I am doing something with reproducible results with, uh, with high status, with a very high satisfaction rate, um, for over 15 years. Congratulations. So, so when if I have naysayers that don't understand my demographic right. and that have been giving my demographic, the demographic that I'm targeting less than what they deserve. And if, they are snubbing their noses at, at my technique. I don't have time to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do know is that my uh, that I have taken, like I said, it's been I, the everything about the technique is not completely new, but there are aspects of it that are completely new. So I've, I've taken, like I said, Different things. I saw one person do think one thing this way, another person do something another way, and I, I, I 
combine some of those things together. And like I said, then I put, then, then as I started perfecting the technique, I started changing things and tweaking it and, and just getting it so that I can get the best result possible for these patients. Here's a question, Dr. Ragland, because I grew up with six sisters and I'm not saying I'm a female expert, but I had six of them in my life. And guess what? They were very opinionated and five of them were older than me. So they did steer my, my vision. When it comes to high heels, are high heels safe to wear all the time or is there a certain age less weight limit for, for high heels? Talk about the high heels phenomenon because they're not going away. It's a part of the fashion culture. Is there a, uh, I wouldn't use the word danger, but are they safe to wear all the time? I'm going to talk about high heels like, like one would talk about alcohol. Okay. Wear your high heels responsibly. (laughs) 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 Right, right. Mm -hmm. So, so, and, and I'm saying that you, you should not be in a pair of five inch stilettos eight hours straight. Mm. That's, you know, that's bad form. That's bad decorum for the foot. Um, But if, you know, if you're having a night out and you want to look extra and you are able to tolerate walking around in those shoes, by all means, you, I think that express yourself, you know, go ahead, you be you. Um, but like I said, it's not something for you to stand around in all day long for eight hours. If you're going to wear heels, like I said, you should always bring a pair of safety shoes with you so that you can give your foot a, a, a break from being in that declinated angle for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you start to feel pain, like you shouldn't be feeling pain. So like you were saying, you would you would feel the pain on the pinky toe. So if that pinky toe starts burning, it feels like it's about to catch on fire. You need to come out of them and get into your safety shoe. Right. Because it's, it, it, that is a point where your feet are literally talking to you and telling you, I need relief. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable and spark wonder without overstimulation so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep each episode is narrated by me cheryl mcleod 
a second grade teacher, and written by my husband, Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please get me out of here. And that's that's true. What you're saying is very true. Very true. We, We ignore... What our body is telling us. We ignore our body talking to us. I ignored it. And and that's why when I I invited you on the show, you know, my show is Money Making Conversation Masterclass. They said, why do you have a foot doctor on it? Because I know how my feet impact my life every day. You know, because of my feet, I have to soak them once a month. Just to, just, I'm not going into any graphic details, but I have to take care of my feet periodically to make sure that I can walk in the shoes that I now afford myself because I'm smarter now. I know about width. I know about a round curved toe area, something that I didn't do when I was younger because I and my shoes still look smartly. They still look sportly. People just still compliment, compliment me on my shoes, but I didn't know. Now, what advice when you when do when you when people come into your office, do you become a counselor, a, a person who give out advice? I know because because they have to still take care of their feet after you fix them, correct? So you know, I become a little bit of everything. I'm I'm an auntie, a sister, um, a best friend. I'm all uh, and a counselor. Um, their doctor, their surgeon, I'm, I'm all of these things because I, I wanted women to come to a safe place. I wanted them to come someplace where they would get really good information. They're going to, they're going to get, they're going to be able to make a real good informed decision on whether or not they should move forward with surgery. I'm going to tell you if you even really need to have surgery. So I've actually, and and this is how, you know, this is how I make my bread and butter. I I do not have a general um, podiatry practice. I make my bread and butter by doing those few services that we announced earlier. Mm -hmm. And so if I, and, and, and I want to protect my patients from going to a predatory doctor because some of these people come in with their really great insurance. They don't even realize how great their insurance is. And, and, but they might not have anything that really needs to be done. And I don't want them to have surgery regret, wow. or I don't want them to do a procedure that is at high risk and they have, and they really don't have symptoms. 
So I'm going to give my patients the best advice. If I feel like you really need the surgery done, I'm going to do, I will do the procedure. If I feel like you really do not need the procedure done, I'm going to tell you that. Now, I've even had a case where I tried to talk the lady out of the procedure. Tried to, she's like, no, you're going to come in here, you're going to do everything. She basically told me that. And I said, you know what? I got frightened because I thought she was going to go to somebody else. And I thought that they were going, she was going to wind up with a result that she wasn't going to be happy with. Right. So I said, you know, I basically told her, think about it. Call me back up. Here's my cell phone number. Call me, text me. I'll, if I don't answer the phone, text me. And she says, I still want to do it. And that's when I said, okay, I'll do it. You know, but, and then I read her the riot act. I, you know, I told her what all her risk was. She understood that. But really, if I, I feel in, and I think that when I tell patients, hey, look, you really don't, you really don't want to do that. I'll do this thing over here, but you really don't need to have this bunion done. It doesn't hurt. You just have a little slight bump over there. It's, and you can fit into your shoes. It's not an issue for you. There's a lot of risk in bunion surgery. Why would you put yourself at that risk? And, you know, afterwards they say, thank you, doctor. Thank you for being so honest. This is why I started this practice. I wanted to protect this, uh, this particular demographic. So people would not take advantage of them. And so that they would get, like I said, the services and the results that they deserve. I'm speaking to Dr. Yolanda Raglan about feet and then more importantly, women feet, uh, females who are out there trying to recover or trying to fix a problem that they created. It's all self-inflicted at times. Sometimes it's not. But in this case, summer is coming, Dr. Raglan. What can women do to make sure they don't mess up or what can they do to keep their feet beautiful? Well, you you have to wear proper fitting shoes. So it it goes right back to, you know, does it hurt? If it hurts in the store, it's going to hurt outside the store. So, um, <laughs> Can you say that one more know, time? Can you say that one if, more time? You, you heard me. If it hurts in the store, <laughs> it's going to hurt outside the store. That's what's going to happen. So uh, don't, don't play around with it. Um, now I would advise every woman, and this is going to, you know, future on in the future, I'm going to create a a pair of, um, shoe stretchers, but every woman should have their own pair of shoe stretchers at home. And that's because this way you don't have to go to the shoe store. You'll, you'll, as soon as you get it, you shouldn't be breaking in the shoe. Your foot should not be breaking in the shoe. Allow the shoe stretcher to do that job. You can put, you can get your, you know, those nice, beautiful Italian or French design shoes. You can put them in the shoe stretcher, let them sit in there for a week or so. And now they're broken in. It's like somebody's been walking in them straight for two, you know, two weeks straight. And now they're broken in. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I said, the shoe has to be comfortable. That's the, that's the most important thing. Um, keeping your feet, uh, clean and dry, keeping, um, inspecting it, uh, daily, um, making sure that you moisturize your foot, uh, daily, um, exfoliating all the, all the hard skin, 
Uh, gently exfoliating. Let me, so, let me ask you a quick question to, here, Dr. Raglan, because I've, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen women with Band-Aids on the back of their heel, on mm-hmm. their toes. Okay, these, these are these are warning signs that this is a bad shoe, correct? I think that these are warning signs, signs that it's an ill-fitting shoe. So a lot of times if you have those Band-Aids or if you have something that's in the back, it's probably because the shoe does not fit you properly. It's, it, the, it, if you have to put a pad in the back, the shoe is too big. Your foot is sli- sliding forward and the shoe is too big. And that's why you're getting the friction on the, on, on the back of your heel. Or some ladies have something called a pump bump. And that could be a reason why. Now, if you have a pump bump, you might want to put something there that stops that friction from happening, something called moleskin. Right. You can get that from any drugstore and that will stop the friction there. And and that that's something, you know, that's just how your body has developed. But if you don't have a pump bump on the back of your heel and that foot that shoe is sliding off, you shouldn't have purchased the shoe in the first place. Sometimes we just want the shoe so bad and we just buy the size up or the size down and it's not worth it. And that's, uh, you know, I, I can't, you know, as a, as a witness, as, a, as a, I'm testifying right now, I'm testifying that she's telling you the truth. From a male perspective, I did everything that she's saying incorrectly. I wore the tight shoes. I wore the shoe, you know, my shoe, you know, as a teenager, I wear a size 12, but I was wearing a size 9. I wore a size 10. I wore a size 11. Oh, I was, when I was in 11, I was wearing a size, you know, if it was 10 and a half, okay, I slide my foot in there, you know, and I did that. I, I let my foot stretch out the shoe, you know, expand it. You know, as I got older, then I, I have shoe horns and I put them in there and I stretch them out and I, I would let them you know, I, I used the word marinate in that shoe to get it right <laughs> for my foot. So my foot won't be screaming. And so now I live a comfortable life with my feet, but my feet have paid the price. And what you're trying right. to say to all the callers who are all the people who have listening to this show is that do not get to Rashawn's stage of life, you know, where, do not. you know, it's, uh, not, it's not worth it. It's not, it's it's not, not worth, worth it. it. I have and a life of regret. <laughs> and, the, and the thing is, in this day and age, we have the internet. So you can literally scour the internet to find your size yes. if need be. So we didn't have that back in our day, Rashawn. We didn't have that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to let you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I wear a certain brand of shoe. And I saw this mm-hmm. shoe the other day. I'm going to just let you know this. I almost drifted back into old Rashawn. I wear a size 12. And it went as it went up to size eleven. I went, oh, that shoe looks so good. But I always remembered that. Okay, Rashawn, you're too old and too smart to get stupid again. And now, because I was almost about to fall into the old well again of sizing uh, down on a big foot, want, sizing down on a big I want, foot. I want the listeners to all hear this too about shoe sizes, ladies. All you ladies out there that like your Italian, your European sizes, and those shoe salespeople tell you a 39 is a 9, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> it's a lie. A 39 is not a 9. A 9 is a 40, okay? It's the next number up. 
Those people don't know what they're talking about. I sold shoes. I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay, I sold shoes when we used to measure your foot on the branding device. We sat down in stools and we put the shoes on your foot. Not these people that come and throw the boxes at you and run away. <laughs> okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm telling all of you, when they come and tell you, oh, what, 38 is the 8? They are liars. It is a th- yes, uh, 39 yes, is yes. eight. It's the uh, preach, so preach. I just want all of yes, they're all, so in I'm in the same goes for the men's shoes as well. So all these people that are telling you don't buy the shoe just because of the size, buy what fits, what feels right on your foot. Don't get caught up in the number. It's yes. just the number. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know some Dr. Young Raglan. I, I I so appreciate you coming on my show. Allow me to just, you know, tell the truth about Rashawn and his feet, his magical feet. They're not so magical when I take the socks off. They're rather terrifying. And I say that because of the fact that I I, I was stupid. I, I ignored the pain. I wore shoes that were smaller than what they should have been. Now, I am happy with my life. I wear quality shoes that, that allows me to gracefully walk the halls or gracefully drive my car, but I didn't have to pay the price if I would have just listened. That's all. And that's why I invited you on the show, Dr. Ragland, was to just let people know. You are not, you are not alone. So yes, first of all, I just want to, I will let people know everything. So first of all, I just want everyone to know out there, I am actually a Pegasus unicorn. I am arguably the only African-American woman on this planet that has, that caters to her sister folk, Right. The practice that strictly focuses on correcting bunions and hammer toes right. and removing corns with a cosmetic result. I am Dr. Yolanda Raglan. My business is Fix Your Feet. Um, you can find me. I'd like everybody to pull out their phones right now. Follow me on Instagram mm-hmm. um, and Twitter mm-hmm. um, and Facebook on Fix Your Feet. Right. Um, also, TikTok as well as Fix Your Feet. And also, go to my Fix Your Feet products. I have a new product line. I have the Fix Your Fungal Nail product line. It is second to none than anything out there. If you're having a problem with fungal nails, go to that website. Great. Check it out. We, we can we can eradicate that. Dr. Yolanda <laughs> Raglan, thank you for taking the time to come on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. You were brilliant as you are Whenever I meet you, thank you. You're wonderful. You are a person of breath of fresh air. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass.